Welcome to the Pixel Classroom podcast where we talk about passion, innovation, epilepsy awareness, entrepreneurship, gaming, and more. This educational podcast is meant for everyone out there looking to expand their horizons, learn for about pop culture news, and more. And I am your host, Ryan Reed. And you can look more on my classroom website at classroomsnextlevel.wordpress.com, better known as Dice Up the Classroom. Now, let's get into the most latest episode. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. This is actually one of my reflection episodes. Yes, it's time to do a little bit of reflection today. I haven't done a reflection episode in a while, so I thought this would be good. Believe it or not, this is the last regular recorded episode before I officially go to live streaming here. I'll be doing live streaming soon on YouTube. And, of course, I will take care of the audio and get the little edits on that and pop this in here, too. So that'll be really nice, too. So uh, episodes should still drop on most likely Mondays there. It's just going to depend on a few things. So, but otherwise we're going to be going live stream. So uh, I'll make sure that's a little area too for my uh, channel here when that starts going to it. I'm getting that all set up and it should be done by the end of this week. I've already been practicing using StreamYard. I've actually done that a couple times on other podcasts I've been part of, such as Spidey Dude and course spider-man crawl space and a couple other ones i have guest starred on so we're going to be moving there um i i did like zoom i paid for the i did pay for premium for a few months but unfortunately where the episodes were getting messed um get, getting in far between between guests and everything i was recording more here with anchor and i figured i might as just throw out the extra five bucks to do the live streaming because i would like to move the live stream and in fact i have some other things i'm going to be moving to live streaming including some of my um justice society of america pieces here um, because believe it or not, come uh, this May, I'll be actually reading two extra more books DC Comics version than actually Marvel, which is the uh, first time it has happened since 2007. So it's quite interesting how that's going. But well, th- th- what is the reflection of this day? Well, you know, it's been pretty good. You know, here we are. It's in February. This is uh, being recorded on a Sunday. It will, of course, air on uh, Monday, the February 6th here because next episode will be a book review. But yeah, it's hard to believe that. um, Yeah, I mean, we're already into February. And uh, I'm actually getting ready for spring parent uh, teacher conferences. Uh, Believe it or not, that's uh, something I do in my current district. I did not do that actually when I was in my previous district because usually we just had the fall after quarter one was over and then any other meetings had to be done either in person or with the counseling and here we kind of just do a piece in because by the time we do it we're pretty much to the uh basically two weeks from quarter three ending it's hard to believe too if i think about a month from now um i'm officially in the final quarter of my first year at gk and it's also true too because i just had my final uh, teacher evaluation summary which was our meeting um basically where i fell and I, of course i fell in proficient uh, with a bit of excellent uh but definitely interesting little pieces actually what i'm talking about here so you know i've been uh it's hard to believe i've been uh in my new district now six months it's been six months i mean since school year um started um and you know here we are i mean three months from now the school year is over knock on one we'll have a pretty good one year i don't know out there you know things always change on the dime i <laughs> i don't call school years ending ever normal again not since 2020 but actually since 2016 i've never had a school year end on a normal uh, basis so it's a uh, it's definitely a run for me too but 
Um, but yeah, it, it's been interesting. Um, one thing that's um, been nice is one of the biggest things too was, you know, area of growth was a big area. One of the reasons I left Stillman was because um, I pretty much was not going anywhere. I mean, something that was very hard after my division leader left was um, I had to take over the department as acting division leader. And yes, I got the stipend. And yes, I was uh, trying to do the vision. And yes, I was trying to be a thing. I never went to the division leaders meetings. I had a meet with the, uh, with my career counselor who, believe it or not, just, I talked to him recently. He's actually set to retire. So, you know, big shout out there to, uh, Ed legal, you know, you guys, because you've actually made it to the retirement. I mean, September's, uh, you know, still about, uh, seven months away, but a uh, big, big job. I mean, I always find it amazing when a, any teacher, whether they do it as a classroom teacher or a different position has retired from education after 30 or 20, over 25 years. Um, I'm not going to date you, Ed. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're listening to this, but um, you know, it, it's amazing when somebody can make, you know, do the career and come out the other side here. It's a, it's amazing achievement. I hope someday I can do that. I mean, my wife's parents and my parents, all of them have officially retired they are no longer working. They've met their requirements. They've done here. Unfortunately, I've had to deal with other things like health and other stuff, but you know, they're still doing pretty well out there um, in retirement. I mean, it's something I would like to see someday, but it, it's hard to tell. I mean, my generation with current things out there, it's hard to tell if uh, retirement will be something for me. I mean, I'm turning 45 in uh, less than 25 days, believe it or not. So um, I don't know. I mean, most people, uh, you know, they made the sixties and you're supposed to, and they change too, but you know, don't do it. But um, one of the biggest things here too, also with the growth and change here, um, you know, why I left, because like I said, I felt like I was managing the department. I wasn't really a division leader in the sense I thought it was. Um, yeah, it would have changed if I would have stayed another year at Meridian because yeah, I would have taken over the position too, but it, it just didn't feel right because I felt like I was managing. I was trying to keep two subs to going. I was doing with other things. I am trying to, you know, take care of all that and, you know, just didn't feel like I was going anywhere. And, you know, and because of that, it was, it was very hard. I mean, um, in the last, you know, hard to believe the last three years I was there, I was recognized by the school district several times um, for, for everything I did during COVID and afterwards. I even had hit tenure, which I never hit tenure anywhere. I was always, you know, the guy who had to leave for positions or they would cut positions. And it was always me that was getting here was the first time. And so, you know, let's talk about leaving a huge security area to do that, to go to GK now. But, you know, everything kind of lined up and everything was ready to go. And of course, as I said previously, you know, I got there, I was ready to go. And my new coworker decided she was going to take time off. Um, spend time with her daughter and her family. And, you know, I all of a sudden went from the new guy to the really new guy. And, you know, my new partner, um, Mr. Asseline here, uh, him and I got him. He had years of experience, but, you know, we had to go a little different because, you know, he was, you know, many years and he himself, speaking of retirement, is close to it too. And here I was the new teacher, very tech, very curriculum, very interactive with people. Not that he wasn't. I mean, he had coaching and other abilities and other things he was very passionate about um, in the business and tech world and did that. And, you know, I decided to go to the next one and start um, taking over the media department. You know, we launched the GK News podcast. We had the GK News earlier. We had peace there. We're actually getting ready to live stream. And it's actually been extremely, extremely successful because, you know, we got the donors choose for a roadcaster like the one I'm on to and some microphones. And we've actually had a live audience. And 
we actually met qualifications for eligibility because, you know, grades and everything else because we were so popular. Now we're getting ready to go to live stream here and we're uh, talking about talking about GK in a minute, which is a new little piece I'm looking forward to. A lot of schools do. My Alamount of Sycamore does that. DeKalb does that. Palatine does that. Why Chicago does their own vision. And we're really looking forward to doing it. Um, and, and it's it's got me very excited because, you know, I did, that wasn't something I got to do at Stillman. We had started getting the broadcast and the media pieces going and um, it's really uh, come along over there since I left. But, you know, it's been pretty excited to kind of, you know, pick up the ball here and um, start running with it here at GK. And it, it's very exciting. But at the same time, is it's um been really, you know, it's been really exciting for me. And same thing here with rebuilding the makerspace. I got one donor's choose going. Speaking of which, guys, I'm talking so much about donor's choose. I got three more going. And it'll be part of the end of this reflection as well. So uh, uh, please click on the link in my show notes here. Uh, we really would like that shared and uh, trying to get funded because we're trying to get a cricket and trying to get other pieces because our makerspace is really turning successful. We've not only met into our curriculum, but also into our department. I mean, we're redoing a community sign with 3D printing. We're working on industrial arts, engineering, business, marketing. It's just amazing. And, it, 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 you know, it's just such a great little thing to do that because, you know, something I've always seen to be a very good at too at schools is taking, you know, things and kind of running with them and building from that. Cause like I said, I'm a crafter, I'm a builder and I know my perler beads are extremely taking off right now. I mean, I've uh, moved the Bixel classroom into my curriculum and now it's kind of moving on to SEL and special ed and counseling. And we got people sorting beads and people building things and designing and everything with my perler beads. It's just, it's, it's a pretty amazing piece and um right now i'm working on things i'm getting ready to you know renew my teacher certificate i get to add instructional coach or teacher leaders i want to uh, do to it even though i get to work with uh, instructional coaches all the time too i definitely realize i still need to learn a little bit about that despite taking the classes and everything because i'm more of an instructional tech coach than actually a full curriculum classroom teacher but that actually brings up to the next part of my reflection is um something i've worked on for years is classroom management and it's been interesting because, you know, some people kind of fall right into it. Some people can lay down the law. Some people are very open to it. Some people let a lot of, as they say, let the kids go wild. And there's some that are extremely authoritarian, authoritarian to do with the classroom. And um, I've learned to, you know, work on all angles of that. I've always wanted to give students that open and give their learning lessons. That's why I use the blended learning lessons. I feel like the kids go at a um, good pace. But unfortunately, I, I do work with kids that they don't see that. Uh, I mean, one thing too, at the high school is, you know, is, you know, as you go through things, you have rules, you start letting go a little bit as the kids start becoming more responsible for their learning pieces. And unfortunately we run into a lot of problems. I mean, we got phones that are crazy. We got um, people with hats and sunglasses. I mean, that's one thing with policies, but you know, it gets out of control because you know, it's like no matter how many times you tell them, they pull it back out and then you, you know, you, you think you said, send them office, you write them up, you have them drop off the phones. They come in then they shut down. And then they're like, well, why are you so angry all the time? Where are you going to think? I said, you know what? It's fourth hour. I don't think there should be a problem in these phones. Well, yeah, we have to put them away first hour and then second hour. And I just do lunch. Like, but then you get to my classroom and then you mess around with them. No matter how many times I say, well, yeah, well, it's fourth hour. Well, so um, I think the, the, the problem is, is, you know, you, you don't have a lot of occurrence. Um, you have a lot of, you know, students and teachers and like with classroom management, every teacher is different. And some are, I, I, truth be told, I don't think I, there's one teacher I have not met whose classroom management is very good. I mean, in everything, I mean, they, they, they have the classroom, it's real. They want the kids to do it, but they have to realize it's our classroom or it's my classroom. And there are rules and things you have to do, just like you have to do in life, just like you have to do, you know, in a job or have to do in general too. And 
it's really, you know, practice to work that. Remember, I talked about my old uh, teacher, Miss Jaffke. She would talk about, you know, teach kids to be better people and everything falls in place. And it's definitely something I have tried to go through for the last couple of years is try to teach the kids to be better people. And it's not always easy. I mean, you always get ones that just, you know, want to, they want to, you know, they want to rebel or they want to argue about, you know, their experience when they really haven't had the experience you think they go. And it can be very tough. And also can be very stressful on a teacher because we all know we try to, and yeah, when we yell or we, you know, the, you know, the blood pressure rises, the temperament's lost. Um, we don't feel good about it. We, we, we feel like we, we went to the wrong sourcemen. We went to the wrong area. I know I've been guilty of that many times. But, you know, at the same time as you try to learn and try to avoid it. But I think the one thing we really do is, you know, you don't have consistency. If you do not have consistency, I mean, it's one thing like, you know, first semester, you're a new teacher and you're like, oh, I'm trying to get the pieces. I, I definitely did my first few months. I had to get through, you know, things were more open, different pos policy from, you know, dress code to, you know, way some kids were that I wasn't used to for a couple of years. I mean, like I said, I did, um, I was in one school where it was almost top notch. I mean, phones were always in the locker unless it was lunchtime or free time. Um, no hats or anything else. Hoods, it, the hoods didn't really matter. It just, you know, especially if it was cold because I knew some of those rooms were really cold. In fact, some of my rooms are really cold. I have kids wear jackets. I don't argue. I know it's freezing in there. I don't, like, they want to wear a coat to stay warm. I'm not going to argue with them. I'm, I'd rather them be comfortable than freezing or so forth. But, you know, there's rules between, you know, where you look like you're out to go do the tundra. And then, of course, you're violating, you know, uniform policy with, you know, not dressed too well. And it's always another thing because you try to stay consistent, but you also try to keep going forward with them. You try having a little areas for things and you try to, you know, keep working with those students all the time. And it's never easy. Um, some teachers, they get it and it doesn't matter to the school and they stay with it all the time. Sometimes they get it and then the, they get pushed back from, you know, the stakeholders or the parents. Or sometimes they're like, well, I'm glad you're so, you know, on this. You you are a great teacher. Um and, you know, it can be a little thing because it's, it, it's, you know, it's something thing, you know, you build from every year. I mean, by the time I left Stillman, in fact, the time I had left Jackson, um, which is hard to believe now, six years ago, um, I had really gotten to a good place with classroom management, with the kids. They respected me. We didn't do They knew when they had pushed me too far. They had to go back. They knew what they did and they respected the classroom. Stillman, same thing, too. The first year was very rough. Um, GK, I kind of had a repeat of this and I do believe as we continue to go forward, it's, it's going to be much easier as time goes and reflects because, you know, we, we all learn, you know, sometimes it goes well and sometimes it doesn't, but, um, it's also been interesting too, because, you know, I'm used to a different set of students. I'm, I've got a couple of smaller classes. I have some larger classes and it's, it's really interesting. And also, um, great word of advice that was given to my principal, my principal this week. He said, remember, they signed up for classes not knowing you were the teacher. Next year, they're signing up because you are the teacher. And I think that's a huge piece because, you know, I think of my, you know, first year um, at my one district is when they signed up for, you know, Mr. Reed's class. It was like, well, I don't know. I got to meet a requirement. I don't know what kind of teacher. I, got, I just made me a requirement. And, you know, and it kind of went from there. And then afterwards, it was kind of oh yeah, I want to take that class because he teaches this and he does this and he's really good at this. And, you know, I want to do that. I want to do the movies. I, I want to learn how to do the, the movies. I want to do green screen. I want to learn how to balance my checkbook. I want to take that class. And, you know, it, and that's kind of where it goes. And I think it's really interesting too, because, you know, when you have that, it doesn't matter if you're elementary, middle school or high school, or even college age too, um, reputation hits. And sometimes when you have a teacher 
or a classroom that's been gotten a reputation of being, you know, hey, it's the it's it's the dump class or all oh, that teacher you can sleep on the floor and who cares? And then they get there and it's a completely different teacher and they're or or curriculum and you're like, uh oh, uh oh, maybe, maybe I kind of a bit off more than I can chew. And then when they go forward, it's like, oh yeah, I want to take that class. I heard great things or oh, I saw what they were doing. I really want to do that too. Um, and that's the one thing is, you know, you got to do that establishment. And one thing you really got to do when you're establishing in a classroom or any curriculum is, you know, you got to be willing to make mistakes. You've got to be willing to, you know, learn from your mistakes. But you also got to learn, too, that, you know, these kids have to be open to the mistakes, but they have to understand their mistakes, why, you know, they get on that, why a grade is good, why, you know, you can't be turning an assignment seven days, you know, late and then say, well, you know, I didn't have a normal freshman year because of COVID or, you know, um, you know, I switched three schools five times and so forth. And it's kind of like, and it's like, you know, what happens when you make excuses the rest of your life? Like what? Like you don't, you don't learn and you're stuck in the same spot. And then I said, you wake up one day and you say, wait, I, I don't get it. Maybe, maybe I, maybe I need to start rising above my, my problems. And some people can't, I mean, I'm sorry. Some people don't have a choice. I mean, they're given horrible hands to dealt and they just, sometimes it's just about survival. And then there's other times where it's like, you, you got to run out of excuses at some point. I mean, it's like being here going to the, um, live streaming, just like when I started the podcast, I ran out of excuses. Like, well, I don't want to do this because it didn't go well. I made people upset. Oh, you know, family, I took away time. And that was kind of like, you know, I don't have any excuses. I want to do this. And now here, moving on to the live stream, it's like, you know, I saw people like, oh, I'm not ready. Oh, I don't have the money ready. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, the money's there. I'm doing that here. I'm kind of moving forward. It's like, you know what, what is my excuse? Maybe I'm just afraid to hit the button or I'm just afraid I'm going to have guests that don't want to be on it because of that. It's, it's things like that. And, you know, I take little pieces over from like George Chorus or Josh Stanford or, you know, the Teach Better team. And it's just like they've done that. They've moved on to that next level. They've done the pieces like that, too. And it, it's amazing. Um, and it's just like, you know what? I don't need to be like them, but, you know, they're showing me do it. Just you should take that chance. And if it goes wrong, you can learn from it. And that, I think that's the biggest thing you have to do, whether you've been teaching 15 years or this is your first year, you know, and it's hard to believe saying, hey, in three months, I've wrapped up that first year of teaching and you know what i think i'm going to keep on going i know i'm going to keep on going uh, i mean it wasn't easy but i i'm learning and i'm trying new things and i want to do it i mean i'm looking at teaching ap class i never thought in my wildest dream i'd be thinking of an ap class granted it's probably about two years away but we're already you know laying those tracks to get there and i'm learning my pieces and i'm getting my certification and you know i know what to use and what i want to use to get there but i want to do it because i'm excited about that and it's something not only different, but it's something I feel is just so beneficial for my students and my future students to take. And it's so good for them to those who want to take that AP class or at least want to go beyond just the norm and try to learn something that's a great experience, but also a great process they can take with them later versus like, well, you know, why do I need to learn this kind of theorem if I'm not going to break down that math and I'm not going to be an accountant, I'm not going to be an engineer. It's like, you got a good point, but Sometimes the experience is good, but you know, at the same time is that everybody's meant to take an AP class. Trust me as a teacher. And I've seen other students do Some are put in AP classes and you're like, why are they in place? Well, I want them to give them the experience. I'm like, but they didn't want to be in there versus, oh yeah, I'll take the class. I want to do that. I want the AP. I'm going to go to college or I'm thinking of going into this as an accountant. That would be a good class take, or I love history. I really like to take AP US history or a push, you know, and so forth. But then, you know, you get people, then that's all they think about because then the AP is very hard in areas. Um, and every AP teacher is different. I've read about several books. I've seen several teachers teach over the last 10 years of my life, of my career. And everybody teaches it differently. It's just, you know, it, it's a piece. And I expect that first year to be very rough. 
But, you know, after that, I intend to just kind of learn and go from. I knew this year was going to be rough here at GK. I mean, I'll be reflecting here again in three months' time when the school year is wrapping up, knock on wood. But, you know, I think the biggest thing about doing reflection is self-reflection. You know, something I do for all the times for the students, they have to finish a self-reflection at the end of every, well, almost every assignment. And it tends to be an essential question. We do TPO learning and study. But I, it's it just gives me such good insight to the kids and see what they're learning and they're understanding. And if I'm reaching them or at least thinking things, that maybe I have to change things. I mean, my professional attire here, I'm about to do this. I used to do Project Runway. Last semester I did it. I had 14 kids. It was great. But as I read my reflections this semester and the way we had for, you know, classroom attitude and management and a few other things, I realized this isn't going to reach the kids this way. I've definitely seen like half of them do not want to be in front of, the, of people. A lot of people have a lot to learn and some people don't really know what they would like to do. So, you know what, maybe I need to change that. And that's what's so great about, you know, reflections on that, especially classroom reflections. I mean, I use it on a Google form. They basically do a checklist. They do their piece. I have their blended learning videos there. They write out the question. You hit submit. It goes into a beautiful sub, uh, you know, spreadsheet. Bam, I'm ready to go. And I'm actually going to be cleaning up just a little bit more next year because I uh, saw an idea the other day in a book. And I said, you know what, that's how I need to clean up my daily checklist. And I'm going to do that next. But it's it gives me such an insight to where, you know, take a chance with the, with, with my students, but at the same time also know when it might be, a, it might be a bridge too far, you know, maybe this isn't something that's going to really work in that learning versus something we've done previously. I mean, we just did stuff with Perlebees. We just did stuff learning about, you know, business ethics and business law and they took to it, but you know, I had a lot that really didn't, you know, see the point or I have a lot that just really cannot do it. And I did presentations which really good, but I also had a lot of students that, they, they try to avoid presentation or if they do presentations, they don't know what to do. And something that was a big focus for me since last year was trying to get students to learn presentations better and do things more professionally. And I'm getting there. And with the help of my instructional coaches and learning and other podcasts and all these books, I read so many books. I'm getting there. And I definitely am taking that piece to build that curriculum, to build that niche and and into my classroom and then start taking it farther and farther as we go. I mean, a few years ago, I started the portfolios. My portfolios now have gone beautifully done from professional websites to Wakelet to others. Uh, it, it's gone beautiful and we've gotten them presented. I've learned better ways to do it, but now it's what I had to look at what was not working at my previous schools, what's not been working where I am at my current school. And one thing was presentations. And that's what I have to work and doing the presentation also requires classroom management because, you know, just because you're doing it, um, kids might be, oh, I'm going to try to sneak in a quick little thing on a text on my phone, or I'm going to click on my watch, or I'm just going to put my head down and just hope I don't get called on for reflection. So had to look at, you know, being personal responsible. So I started doing peer reviews, started it last semester, this semester, I've kind of done it too, to where they have to watch it. They have to do, think they have to do feedback. And then I, you know, call them at random using my randomized app on Google classroom on my phone or my watch. And, you know, I call people at random and I also make sure it's at random, but somebody has a chance of getting called three times. Some students are like, oh, I'm going to get called on once and I'm done. Whew, I'm done for the rest of the class. No, it's like, oh no, I might actually get called four times. I better actually be responsible for my feedback. And, you know, sometimes I've had students saying like, I don't, I don't think he did anything wrong. I thought it was a good presentation. I said, okay, well tell me another good thing that they did presentation. Did they? Okay. I'll move on to the next person. Thing was somebody, you know, what did, what did he do that could have been a little bit better? Oh, I'll do this. And then later on that student said, oh, you're right. That, I didn't think of that. That's a good idea, but they're more involved. They're more engaged. They're more getting that reflection and that's really helping them. 
with that. So, you know, that's building that classroom culture. It's building that classroom curriculum. And that's something I'm working on right now. And I'm still working on very well now. I, I, I doubt I'll ever have it perfect. I never have. I mean, Stillman, I, I got it to a nice little thing too. But then I started saying like, yeah, but I've kind of let this go. And I, we need to focus here. And these kids are a lot different because of X, Y, and Z. Maybe I need to start focusing more on here. And I've gotten lazy here. I mean, I did the same thing at Jackson. By the time I left there, I had my STEAM curriculum pretty good. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but you know what? I need to start doing here because I had problems here and I shouldn't have done that. I need to do better. So that's what I'm doing. I'm looking to be better. Um, I'm trying not to self-compare myself to people. I'm not talking about, you know, people going on their ninth vacation in New York or heading off to their boat in Lake Geneva. I'm talking about, you know, you see a classroom teacher and yes, they can have the worst class in the world and yet they still keep it around. They keep it runs. They get the kids, they get the kids. They're not afraid to mark the bad grade or anything, but at the same time is keep going, learn from it and grow from it. And that's the biggest point of this reflection at this point as the school year is, you know, hard to believe is getting into the last three months of school for some people, some people last four months of school, but everybody's kind of like, wow, we're, we're almost at the end already. I mean, I got seniors that were coming to me the other day. It's like, I can't believe I graduate in three months. Like I'm done with your class and three months from today. I said, yeah, I know scary. I said, I'm going to miss you. And they're like, we haven't been there that long. I said, but you've made an impression on me and I've apparently made an impression on you. So you know what? I think we've kind of the point, but I said, we're not there yet. A couple more months. We'll get there. So, you know, I think when you take it all here too, and everything I've gone for for the last six months here is about, I'm still improving. I'm still growing as a teacher. Um, I'm still looking at those other pieces, like I said, instructional tech coach and stuff for curriculum. And, you know, the fact that I did leave because I wasn't growing anymore, it was felt more like a chore than really doing my career or stuff I love to do. And I'm still doing things I love to do, but at the same time as I'm also, you know, still right into those hurdles, those obstacles that happens. I mean, sometimes you get years where it was almost a perfect year. Yeah, sure. You sent some kids to office. Sure. You wrote some people up. So maybe X, Y, and Z happened, but then say, wow, this was a good year. Um, my, uh, you know, my 2018, 2019 school year was beautiful. My 2014, 2015 school year was absolutely stellar. And my 2016, 2017 year is as stressful as it was, was a fantastic year. Doesn't mean the other years weren't, but you know, like I said, I can think of like my first year of my first position when I was technology, 2020, 2013 wasn't easy, but it was a good first year. But then 2013 and 2014, I felt like I was going to put my head through the wall because it was stressful. It wasn't working good. Um, when I went over to Jackson in 2015 and 2016, that was just a tough year. And all I wanted to do was survive and try not to lose my job from budget cuts or saying, you know, it's been great. We're not going to renew your contract. And then when I got to Stillman, it was that first year. I mean, I had two classes. I don't even know what to tell you about them. It was not easy, but boy, I feared every night and I was trying to keep my head above water. And it wasn't until, you know, that following year, I felt much better going into the 20s, um, you know, into the twenty. 2018, 2019 year was great. 2019, it actually started off on a good note, but it, it it really kind of turned south. And this was long before COVID, but it it took a big south dive towards the end of 2019. And 2020, I was writing high and defending my dissertation and COVID happened. And we all know where that one. And, you know, fall of 2020, it was starting good. But end of 2021, I think the year ended up great. But, you know, 2021 didn't start off on the best either, too. But by the time I got to the end of 22, I was happy. I just survived. 
And that's not what I want to be feeling anymore. I do not want to be feeling like I'm just surviving. I'm just painting the numbers. I'm just trying to, you know, as they say, fill, you know, tick the boxes, get the kids to pass class and try to get to those grades. I, I want to be a better teacher uh, for them and me. I want to make my classroom amazing. I want to make my curriculum amazing. I want to build, you know, the maker space back. I want to get our media centers going back together and actually going to that next level. And that means being more involved. But at the same time, like I said, a couple episodes ago is having fun again. I'm having fun. I had a couple of kids say, and you seem to be angry lately. I said, no, it's just, that's life in general. And some days you have good days, bad day. But I have to say, I get excited. I just finished one little thing here for some uh, lessons coming up these next couple of days. I'm going to be off Friday because of a family situation, but I'm looking forward to it. But at the same time, part of me is like, this is probably going to go not the best way, but you know what? I think it's going to be pretty awesome when it's all said and done. And you know, what's been going on in my multimedia one class, holy cow, it was, it's been gorgeous. But I still got three more months to go through that class before I, you know, ding the bell that I made it. So I think that's it. And, you know, like I said, I'm moving on to live streaming. You know, I'm going to be paying a much higher premium for my stuff here, too. I'm trying to get sponsors for this podcast. I have a couple people in mind, but then I got some people where I don't know if I want to be promoting them. Because, like I said, I listened to one podcast. It was great. Um, and then they did do one sponsor for a political person. And, unfortunately, that person got in a lot of trouble and they dropped out. And they didn't actually did an apologies to people that listened to the episode saying, you know, we were just trying to, you know, pay the bills. And I want to pay the bills, too. But at the same time is I don't want to do it where I sacrifice my own self-worth. So it's just uh, how it is in life. And we reflect. And I think that's where I'm going to learn to leave it at today. Always remember, sure, sure you self-reflect. Actually, as I was recording this episode, I had a situation happen. It kind of threw me all off. Um, it really did. Um, and I just had to walk away for a while, have a couple of gluten-free Oreo cookies, uh, do a little push-ups, and then come on back. So, and here I am. So, thank you, everybody, for listening to me, putting up with me for the last four years. Um, I'm looking really forward to starting the live streaming here, especially the next episode here. Um, so, definitely check me out on the YouTube channel. I'll leave a link um, in the show notes so you guys can check those out here um, so that way you can get those alerts and stuff and it's going to be a little rough probably for the first month or two I mean some friends of mine like you know Carrie Brunkin with uh, Doodle Chat's really gone awesome my buddies Brad and Zach have done a fantastic job with theirs but and Silas and so forth but I'm ready for it I'm ready to start the live stream I'm starting to start doing it with the podcast I'm hoping to have some nice reflection days too like a live stream on Saturday I'm looking forward to doing my Justice Society stuff um two pieces which i think is gonna be a lot of fun so i hope everybody is in it for me and um i hope you guys have loved this journey and i hopefully you're gonna see where we're going next so thank you for all your support for the pixel classroom podcast and i will talk to everybody later Thank you once again for listening to the Pixel Classroom podcast. Remember, you can find us all out and me on Twitter at Ryan7Reed or Herc78 on Instagram. If you like what you hear in this podcast, please think about subscribing as well as leave us a comment. We'd love to hear from you. That's all it's going to do for today's Pixel Classroom podcast. We will see you next time with another guest or wonderful reflection here on the Pixel Classroom podcast. Have a fantastic day. Yeah.